You realize we spend a third of our life sleeping? I know, stuck in traffic was a good guess, too. But now that you know you sleep so much, why aren't you sleeping on the most comfortable mattress arguably made in America? A brand new iComfort Eco by Serta. It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Serta's perfect sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Serta mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's Serta.com. Hungry Howie's knows there's nothing better than pepperoni pizza, but the question is, which pepperoni reigns supreme? Now, you got the crispy, classic cupped pepperoni, you know, the satellite dishes. Big fan. But why choose one when you get both? They got a pepperoni duo coming up. See, this is more up my alley right here. Pepperoni duo, you're getting the classic cup pepperoni plus the original plus 100% real cheese, unlike a lot of these other places around town. Get a large pepperoni duo, $9.99, only at Hungry Howie's. Cash the ticket, a Mike Valenti podcast. And welcome in to week two of Cash the Ticket. Oh, I'm just, I, I'm beyond excited. I, I cannot wait. I have the, the motivation to give you the information that will give you the sensation of jubilation. This is an unbelievable day, Michael. It is nice week. Rhyme. That's right. Listen, I'm, I'm a damn fool. Well, anytime is, we talk some football. It's week two. We have college football. We got to do the review. We'll get into NFL week one. But we got to go back before we go forward. Let's review week one. Um, I'll only speak for myself. Sully, you can do what you want to do. I went two and three, and I was on the edge of greatness. I, I take Texas State, 33.5-point underdog. They lose by 34. I take Wake Forest, a 3.5-point favorite. They only win by three. I take Coastal Carolina, a 6.5-point dog. You guessed it. They lose by seven. The two wins were beautiful and, and really easy. Nevada wins outright as an 11-point dog. And I gave you Virginia minus 2.5 over Pittsburgh, and it blew them out. So I feel like I had a good read. But that's why this shit is so hard, because it doesn't matter if you're right. You can still be wrong. Um, it is what it is. Two and three is not a disaster. Really feel like we should have done better, though. But I've got some opinions. I'm going to warn you now. Week two in college football, this slate is dicey. Week one in the NFL, dicey. So I got a lot to get to. But, Mike, you're, you're rewind here. You had some problems. Uh, you, you, had two, you had two brutal ones. Now, I'm not yeah, I'm I, not trying to shine my own ball bag here, but Jesus, Mike. Liberty plus 19, they don't score. Army given 23 and a half, they barely win at 14-7. I, I think you ought to apologize. No, I was two. I had the same record as you. I was two and three <laughs> as well. I joined you with Nevada. That was an easy one. Other win was Utah. That was an easy one. Uh, Liberty, yeah. I told you I didn't like the Ohio State game. Ohio State was close to covering. I think that one was a, was a close one, but... Uh, they ended up going 45-21 against up for you, and then Army, yeah, Army looked just terrible. Two and three is not awful. I mean, look, people are going to complain no matter what. Oh my God, you lost the game. Well, then don't gamble. Don't cry when it hurts. <laughs> Nobody likes a whiner. Cut it out. All right, let's get into week two here. Um, I'm, I, this is difficult because, like I said, I want to start out with the two primo games. I don't, I don't even want to tease the people. Let's just start out with the two big ones. And then we'll pass or play and go from there. Let's start Clemson uh, giving 17 and a half to Texas A&M. Now, obviously, this is the Texas A&M Super Bowl. This is a game Texas A&M has circled all offseason. Last year, you remember, they lost by two to Clemson. Kellen Mond balled out, played absolutely fabulous, threw for 430 yards. Uh, Texas A&M brings back an experienced team. They're going to go on the road. This is Clemson's toughest test of the year, though. This is it right here. Um, th- now, it's interesting, too, because you're getting a huge spread on this game. And, I was I, again, the Bear, Chris Falica, provides some great information on gambling, Sully. Yep. Interesting take in the last 21 matchups of top 10 teams where the spread was 17 or greater. The underdog is only 7-14 and 14 against the spread. Hmm. You get the idea of, damn, it's a lot of points. I have to take the underdog. And the public, they're flocking to it. 78% of bets, 82% of the money. You're looking at a Clemson team that for the only time this year isn't really publicly backed. I take note of that because that's an opportunity to be contrarian. It's an opportunity to get what might be the best team in America at a value. Now, look. 
the meat and potatoes of the game, I'll wait for. But what's your initial read on this one? I want to see where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. So the point about the public betting's well taken. Anytime you have a huge team like Clemson, like Alabama, like Michigan, like Notre Dame, the, the spreads are always just going to get bad. They are. But with Clemson, and I'm basing this a lot off of watching them last week, I'm not comfortable laying 17 and a half points for Clemson right no, now. No, they were sloppy. They only scored I, I, on a few big plays. They had a couple of short fields. They didn't have anything sustained. Yeah, a couple of weird goal line situations. I, I think that Trevor Lawrence, and, and we have in the notes here, not the best decision making. I think that it's going to take a little, might take a couple weeks to fully settle in. I have no doubt they'll get it rolling. If I had to lean, I'm still going to lean and, and say Clemson will find a way to cover. But in terms of betting on the card, I'm not too many points. I'm not going to play this game with Clemson. See, well, okay, this is the interesting part. When you look at the Aggies, and again, I, I don't, I think it's dangerous to have huge opinions on stuff like this because, as I said, you've got trends pointing both ways. I think what's interesting is this is probably the best quarterback they're going to face in Kellen Mond. And again, how many teams on Clemson's schedule can match Trevor Lawrence possession for possession? Not many. But AM, look, they've got the guy. Um, Interesting stat, too. Do you realize Texas A&M did not allow a negative play last week against Texas State? I mean, not one. That's crazy. Not a single you know, running back tripping or an O-lineman missing an assignment or a sack or any, not a negative play. Uh, didn't like the way Clemson played. And how about this one? Aggies, in their last 11 non-conference games, 10-1 and one against the number. You've also got, you do what you want with it. Clemson one and four against the spread in their last five September games. And then what you gotta deem to be a factor that maybe it matters to you, maybe it doesn't. I'm really interested with Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. Knows Dabo, knows Clemson, went four and four in his eight career games at FSU. No, it's not a direct translation. I'm just saying there is a bit of an X factor here. There is a bit of a an outside force at play. I think it's super interesting. I can't kill you if you're on either side of this one. Yep. I am going to pass, not going to play it. But I do think if you want a chance to get Clemson under three touchdowns, this is your shot. But I think there's trends both ways. I'm going to stay away from it. Sully, pass or play? Yeah, I'm passing as well. Super tough call. And, and like I said, I just think it's going to take a couple weeks for Clemson to get completely rolling. The stat in September is well taken. You too. sound like you're talking yourself into A&M if I didn't know any better. No, I, I think that if, if I had to lean, it's tough because Clemson's just loaded with talent. If I had to lean, I would actually take Clemson to cover the 17.5. But again, there's just too much going on where I'm, I can't take Clemson based on how they looked in week one. All right, I want to give you game number two. And this one I do have a big opinion on. And it might be the egg on your face bowl. I'm going to do something I never do. Uh, I do not like big road favorites in big matchups. Um, but LSU is laying six and a half as they travel to Texas. The line opened up at four and a half. Um, I'm taking a bad number. I recognize that. I could pass this um, for you guys if you want. I would say straight up, stay away or wait for it to go to seven and take Texas. But I just think LSU has every advantage in the world here. I mean, one, LSU may have a quarterback and an up-tempo offense. Let me repeat, LSU may have a quarterback and an up-tempo offense. What? They, they huh. emptied the bag last week, and they're going to go to Texas here, where Texas has banged up running backs. Sam Ellinger's great, but you know what Sam Ellinger's going to have to do here? He's going to have to face the best secondary in America with Stingley and Grant Delpit, um, they got four kids that are going pro. If you're telling me that Texas is going to be primarily one-dimensional and Sam Ellinger is going to have to go against LSU's secondary and try to fully exploit it, I'm sorry. I, I know Texas is at home. I know this might be their biggest home game in five, seven, who knows, maybe ten years. Oh, huge. But every big game is the Texas's back game. You're giving me the SEC team. Um, I think you obviously get the better defense in this game with LSU. I think Texas's defense is a fraud. Uh, I don't buy them as far as you could throw them. And when you look at it, I mean, last week, how about this for a wild stat? 
Texas only forced two punts against La Tech. Every advantage in this game. And you get a coach I don't have a lot of respect for, obviously, but Ed Orgeron, last three years, 5-2 and two versus top 10 teams, straight up. Tom Herman, 2-4. and four. I'm taking a bad number. I'm probably going to bitch and moan about it. I mm. said the same thing with Texas State. I like 34.5, but I accepted 33.5. That's on me. It's the same thing here. I'm going to lay the 6.5 because I think LSU... When we come back next week, we're going to be talking about them as a national championship-type team. I doubted them. I doubted the ability to have an up-tempo offense. I doubted Joe Burrow to be that type of quarterback. And maybe it's an overreaction cash the ticket where I'm like, holy hell, they might actually put this together. I'm going to lay the six and a half. Um, I love LSU. So do what you want with it, Saul. Yeah, so that's you. you're locking into that. I, I think that that's a number that might even... I don't know. I'll be interested to see where that number goes. Before Wouldn't be kickoff. shocked if it got to seven by game time. Yeah, no, and, and totally. I think that the, I'm, I'm going to side with you on this one. I think that LSU is definitely a national title team. And look, we can talk all we want about Texas is back and how hyped the environment Never will be. Stops. I'm, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it'll be a crazy environment. But I'm not. I'm not quite ready to crown Texas. Yet. Could be completely wrong, but I'm not crowning uh, I mean, Texas so, yet. I, I would side with that LSU minus six so and a half. the problem is, too, I mean, Texas' defense might be actually shitty. Right. I mean, that that's the key. I mean, they had to replace so many guys. I just don't buy it. And you're getting an SEC defense here with arguably the best secondary against a team that might have to be one-dimensional. And if LSU's offense is even two-thirds of what we, what we saw last week, what we think it could be, yeah, I think you can go to Texas, win by a touchdown. I do. Do I hate the number? I loathe it. But I love the team. It's one of my strongest opinions, and I'm never afraid to be wrong. I mean, who gives a shit? If I'm wrong, I'm yep. wrong. I just, this is a strong take, and I'm going with well, it. Well, and I'll give you one more number that kind of led me when I was looking at this before, too. It was, for whatever reason, LSU, Orgeron, they're 5-0 and against the spread their last five against the Big 12. Was the number I was looking at? That's they play it, well. They they somehow they always cover the spread seemingly against the Big Twelve. I'll give you some bias too, and maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's justified. Big Twelve defenses. I mean, if you want, if you're a quarterback and you want to feel good about yourself, playing a Big Twelve, the totally. de- the defenses blow. So most of Ellinger's numbers, I don't really care about. Well, newsflash for Sam Ellinger: this ain't the Big Twelve. If he lights up LSU. Ellinger becomes a Heisman Trophy candidate. How about that? Mm. I want to move on and quickly touch on a game here. So, are you you're playing as well? Yeah, I'm going to play oh, that one. Oh God, yeah. we're, we're yep. both going down. Well, we with both the ship won here. on that. We had one similar pick last week with Nevada, so we got one at least so far this week. Why we'll do see I if feel we can win like it. both of us are going to get bound and gagged? Well, and that's thrown, what you, that's, off a fucking that was the exact here. line you said for Nevada, and we uh, right. easily won that one. Well, and remember, it's a good I, sign when we agree on these. I bet into the steam on that one. That opened at eight <laughs> and went out to eleven, yeah. and I said, "Oh Jesus, I could have this totally wrong." Now this time we're we're kind of going with the steam. Now, understand, the line is moved. And, Mike, yeah, 54% of the bets are on it, but it's 50% of the money. It's a 50-50 split in money, but that line continues to edge out. I just, to me, I, I got to go, and, and I understand, this is where professional bettors are only going to bet numbers. They don't bet teams. Well, I've never purported to be a professional, I'm, and I'm sure as hell not a scumbag tout. I'm just a guy who knows football, and I like to think we can talk about it intelligently. Yeah, I am going to look at the football reasons here and make a play based more on the team than the number, and and, and I might pay for it. I want to just double back. You said the number opened at what are you seeing? Four and a half. Because I'm seeing open Texas plus two and a half, live Texas plus six and a half. It's, it opened at Texas plus four and a half. I'm using the Action Network's numbers. Okay. Um, it was plus well, four and a half at open. And plus six and a half now. Yeah, so I'm even seeing more, but yeah, still point taken. It's at six and a half. Yeah, I right, listen. Everybody and their mother is going on LSU here, except they're not. It's a 50 50 split. Yep. I can't stand with Texas. Quick note on a game where you might get some value on something, and it's, it's, you're going to catch a theme here, guys. I generally don't have huge opinions on the big games because I think the lines are just usually too sharp and it's, it's too hard. I mean, it is what it is. This is, Hard enough, but when you, it's like in the NFL, and we'll get to it later in the show. Everybody and their mother wants to bet Sunday night and Monday night football, and honestly, those are the worst games to bet. Um, 
Look, this is a small-time game. I'm not telling you to go kooky, but you may have a shot. I always love looking at teams after they suffer a devastating loss or after they have an orgasmic win. Mm -hmm. Take a look at Auburn laying 18. Opened at 17 and a half, and whenever I see a differential like this, I'm really interested in it. They're playing Tulane. Now, Tulane opened up a three-point favorite over FIU. A couple of bowl teams, right? A couple of yep. close, you know, non-P5 teams. Tulane blew their doors off last week. Now, there's no way you're telling me that Auburn comes off an emotional win, big stage, national TV, score with, you know, nine seconds to go, whatever it is. They only had the lead for nine seconds. You mean to tell me they're going to come home focused over a sneaky, good Tulane team and cover three touchdowns? I think what's really interesting is 61% of the bets are Auburn. One problem. It's only 31% of the money. Almost 70% of the cash is on Tulane. I think there's some nice value there. I'm not going to sit here and break this game down and go crazy. I just think it's a letdown spot for Auburn. By the time this goes at kickoff, maybe it's out to 19. Um, I wouldn't hate it if you sprinkled and took the 18 for Tulane. Well, and you mentioned Auburn after a win. Tigers 1-7 against the spread in their I'll last t- eight games following oh. a straight-up win. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> Yep, so in their last eight games following a straight-up win, not an against-the-spread win, a straight-up win, they've covered once. I mean, that's that's Gus Malzahn, man. That's telling. You know what? Play it. <laughs> play it. Wow. I See, I'm staying away from play this it. one because I like Auburn. Play it. If you want to play it. Scared money don't make money. And I love the Tulane green helmets with that little angry, uh, little Captain Poopy Pants wave on their helmet. Tulane plus 17 and a half? 18. Plus don't 18. you try to screw me plus, out of I that. I think it was 16 and a half. No. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I glad my, I'm glad my stat could push you over the top. Here's, here's what I'm going to say right now, though. This game kicks off Saturday night. Here's what I would like to do in a cash-the-ticket exclusive. Mm-hmm. Mike, take this only at better than 18. Oh, okay. So, monitor. If this thing pops out to 18.5 or 19, it's a play. If it goes under 18, it is a pass. You don't need to run out and bet this game. You can wait till Saturday night. Wait for people to try to swing this puppy. But 18 or better, I'm playing. Oh, it should. It should be over 17 and a half, I'm out. I want that extra half. Okay? Yep. I just talked myself into a loss. So if it's 18, you're playing. Yeah. Now, next game on the list. And I'm telling you right now, to me, to me, this is as bad of a spot as you will ever find a team. Mm -hmm. Minnesota looked like ass in their opener. Right now, in whatever infinite wisdom their athletic director has, they have taken a road night game at a non-Power 5 school at Fresno State. Now look, over the years, Fresno's been one of my favorite non-Power 5 teams. They always seem to rise up in these big games. Um, I thought they played... To me, they deserved to beat USC last week. They turned it over four times. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I was reading a couple pieces in the Fresno Bee. Yes, I just admitted I was reading a Fresno newspaper in research for the program. I am, in fact, a loser. Um, But just the general sentiment is they should have beaten that team. And I know JT Daniels got hurt, but look, Fresno... 4-0 4-0 against the spread in their last four non-conference games. They rise up in these big games. They've always been a ball breaker. They're 8-1 against the spread their last nine September games. Uh, this is a Minnesota defense that allowed over five yards of carry in week one. You're getting a step up in opponent here. Um, I, I got to be honest. I mean, it's – look – you cut down the turnovers. You're at home. I'm not sure Minnesota's very good. You're giving me a field goal. Problem is, Fresno's a bit of a public team. Right. I try to be contrarian, but I'm going to do the same thing. I'm 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 just going to stick to my guns on it. I, I'm starting to question PJ Fleck. I question the spot on the road at night. 
might not be very good. Step up an opponent. Fresno's already played someone real. Um, I'm going to take the three points. I'm going to kind of walk into this one, and I might get butchered, but I'm I'm going to take it. See, I'm going to go opposite in this. Yeah, because I'm going right into the reverse. Line. I'm going <laughs> to go Minnesota here, Mike. And, and the reason I'm going to I'm going to take Minnesota is because, look, I really believe there's something to be said about urgency. I think that that PJ Fleck, this he's got to start winning. He has to because it has not gone good for his tenure no. so far. And this Plus is a game. he dresses like a barber. Yeah. What is it with, <laughs> with the, the zip joggers? up with the shirt and tie? He looks like a 1940s barber. Well, this is a game he can't drop. Um, he has Minnesota has been pretty good against the non-conference, but in terms of covering the spread, I think this is just simply a game that Minnesota has to have. I think the urgency is going to carry over. Um, Fresno State's defense wasn't the greatest last game against USC. No, they, they didn't stop the run. They didn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, maybe I'm walking into it, but I'm gonna take Minnesota here in, in what I deem an early must-win type game of the season. No, and Mike, guess what? You're probably gonna be right. I'm just a stubborn bastard. But you are playing it though, correct? Yeah, I'm gonna play okay. Fresno. I don't trust PJ. I mean, I like PJ, but I, I don't trust him. And look, this is this is reverse line by definition, my man. Yep. Sixty-seven percent of the bets and sixty-three percent of the money are on Fresno, and guess what? The spread went out to three. I mean, it's it's right there for Minnesota. The right people got their money on them, and the odds makers are respecting it, I guess, because they're they're trying to get you to take Fresno. And look at me. I'm going to line up and end up ice cold, soaking wet in my undies. Um, but I'm going to stick with Fresno on it. Okay. I want to move to game number four. Um, or that was, that was game number four. Game number five, excuse me. Now, this is one I feel strong about. I tell you right now, either this one's going to be jubilation or it's going to be humiliation. Pittsburgh hosting the mighty men from Athens, Ohio, the Bobcats of Ohio University. Now, why on earth would this game be here? Well, if you remember last week, I told you I thought Pitt was shit this year. I thought they were garbage. I thought Virginia would beat them uh, and cover with ease, and they did. Pitt now comes home, and look— Last week, their offense was a trash fire. Um, They couldn't run the ball. I told you, they lost Cadre Allison. They lost their other running back. Virginia did whatever they wanted. Um, Pitt now comes home, and you're going to face a dangerous Mac opponent. And obviously, we're in the Midwest. We probably have a little more familiarity, a little more respect for the Mac. We love some good Mac-tion. Ohio's projected to win the Mac, or at a minimum, be a competitor in the MAC. This is a good football team. I'll tell you right now, I have no problem if you went Ohio money line. Wow. But I'm not guided. Now listen, I didn't go four and one last week. I'm not sitting here playing around with extra shackles. But I'll tell you this: Pitt is in no way, shape, or form uh, qualified to be a, a, a touchdown favorite. This opened up at six and a half. Time of broadcast here. We're taping Thursday almost uh, in almost 11 a.m. It's five and a half. Would I, Sully, obviously, if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we would have. I would prefer six or better, but I really believe Ohio's got a credible chance to win this football game. I'm yep. going to play Ohio plus five and a half, and hope like hell my eyes didn't deceive me. What do you got? Yeah, and, and I read a bunch of actually preseason uh, predictions and stuff about Ohio and how they're just expected to roll through the MAC and pound the over on the on the season win total. I the think there's fighting Soliches. There's a lot of a lot of hype for Ohio. Um, I think it's a good play. I, I think that Ohio. They I know they played Rhode Island week one, beat them forty one twenty, and they actually didn't cover the spread. I was looking at a number with their 4-0 against the spread in the last four games following an ATS loss. So they're really good bouncing back and covering the spread when they have a game that they don't cover the spread. And guess who doesn't do well covering games early in the year? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. 1-4 against the number their last five in the month of September. Early on. If you're betting Pitt and trying to cover a touchdown, that's great because you're betting a broke dick offense. Yeah, I'm not doing that. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Let's move to a game near and dear to Sully's heart. This was a game that (laughs) that I'd been talking about all summer, and I have to admit it. 
this is the I'm acting like a giant vagina game of the week because I don't know that I can play this anymore. Michigan laying 23 to Army. That was the open. It currently sits at 22 and a half. Mm. Um, Army last week. In a word, dreadful. Yep. They played what could be. Rice, it's a team we talked about. They're over-under, I think, was two and a half, and I would go under. They're atrocious. Army needed a late touchdown to beat them 14-7. I don't know what that was. And Army, over the summer, you in Vegas could get 17 and a half. Vegas is reacting to this. And it's not like Michigan was overly sharp in their opener it was businesslike, but it was mistake-filled. They are banged up. Army now, after one week, those performances shifted the market a full six points at open. Um, 57% of the bets, 52% of the money are on Army. Sully, I'm, I'm willing to hear you. You tell me what you think. I am scared shitless from being an Army guy all summer. I watched that Rice game. It wasn't an issue of Army not trying. It was they couldn't get anything done. Where are you at with this one? Yeah, this is one that I'm walking right into. Um, oh, my God. And I know that. I'm scared. He's doing I'm, it, people. I'm scared about this. He's doing it, people. I'm scared that Shea Patterson allegedly got hurt the first play of the game. He not might not be right. He's and doing I'm, it. I'm also scared when I look at Michigan's trends, though. Because Talk for, for whatever that. reason, Michigan's 0-5 against the spread their last five overall. They're also 1-7 against the spread in their last eight non-conference games. They've just Michigan's just been terrible against the spread in these types of games. Uh, but that being said, I am picking Michigan. I, oh, I, you I son of that, a bitch. I think that Michigan is really going to find a way to get this going. Army, I, I was scared like last week. Now I don't think I really don't think Army is quite as good. Could there still be some problems early on? I think we could see a game where maybe the first quarter Michigan has a tough time getting on the board, pulling away a little bit. Maybe it's a seven-three type game going into the second quarter. But I do think Michigan's going to pull away late and cover the twenty-two and a half. That's why I want to lock in at twenty-two and a half right now because I think this number could go up by game time. Over twenty-three is it a pass? Uh, yeah. You don't have to say that, but I'm saying make it public that if this yes. number is at 23 or higher and people bet it, I get off my yeah, ass. Yeah, I, I like okay. that it's at 22 and a half right now. I think that Michigan late is going to cover this. I am being a giant uh, pansy, and I am passing <laughs> on this game after talking about it all summer. That's how frightened I am after watching Army play Rice. Well, it, Maybe they're just not as good as they should be, and you know what? Credit to Michigan on this. Their offense can strike quick. Yep. It can take a game that is close, and it could be not close. In a hurry, if you get Army down, it mitigates the advantage Army possesses about T.O.P. and about running the ball. And this, I am scared shitless that Vegas reacted the same way I did and went, oh my, 23 and a half at open, I am passing. Yeah, and I'm glad it went down a little bit. The Army, though... They'd find a way to cover the spread against winning teams as well. They're eight yeah. no, Army in their last eight games against a team with a winning record. They're eight zero against the spread. <sighs> they they really they really have found a way to, to cover in these types of games. I just think that I just think that Michigan, as you said, with the star power, I do think as I mentioned, they'll pull away late. What I fear is a game where Army kind of controls the the pace, where Michigan might have a three and out, They're all and then needed. and then Army goes on a, well, on here's a the key. eight minute drive. You have to bet if you're betting Army here, based off of what we know, not based off of what we thought this summer. If you're betting Army, you have to bet that Michigan doesn't clean up its act. Mm-hmm. That there are going to be turnovers, there are going to be penalties, and there are going to be mistakes. Those are the cracks that Army can seep into. But without those, they have absolutely no chance from what I saw in week one. Mike, if you could guarantee me Army's plus two in the turnover margin, and you could tell me Michigan's going to take 10-11 penalties, and you could tell me that maybe Army can strike out first on a seven-minute, sure. But I don't, I don't know those things. And I would guess the biggest improvement Michigan will make is between week one and two, yep. and Army's walking right into that. And I would just tell you, Michigan was better than Army last week, and Army... They would need to improve a lot 
to do this. I'm probably going to never forgive myself for staying away because I, th- I wanted Army all summer. Okay. I just can't get away from what I watched on CBS Sports Network as they stumbled and bumbled and fumbled their way against Rice to damn near a exactly. loss. I, I, I Maybe I don't have the stones for it. All right, let's move on to the next game. Um, quickly on this one, and it's probably a little too quick for a game I'm going to play. I like Cincinnati getting 17 from the Buckeyes really? here. I do. I, I, I look. Luke Fickle. Uh, listen now. I don't think Fickle's bad. He's got a veteran team. He returns a quarterback who led him to 11 wins last year. Cincinnati didn't have the luxury of opening up against a Patsy. They did play a Pac-12 team, even though I think UCLA may actually suck. Um but Cincinnati's going to come in here. It's only their fifth opportunity to take on the Buckeyes, the big brother, little brother deal. I think it's a big deal for them. You're getting the number out to 17, which makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. The public will be all over the Buckeyes. 58% of the money is there. You're getting a critical number. I think Cincy's going to throw everything at them that they can. I'm not telling you they can beat them. I don't think they can. But remember... OSU is still in the development phase with a new quarterback. They went long stretches last week, being very sloppy. The Cincinnati defense has a ton of experience. I just like the number here. And I think OSU could win the game by a couple TDs, win it by 15 or 16. Everybody in Columbus will be going, oh, my God, what's wrong with us? The truth of the matter is, at the end of the year, I think it's going to be a quality W over a Cincinnati team that's probably going to win nine or ten games. So I'm going to take the points here, and I'm going to play Cincinnati plus 17. Your thoughts? Well, Ohio State screwed me last week not covering. Um, I think that Cincinnati... When I watch them against UCLA, they do look like a pretty good team. Um, I think that you also factor in they had a couple extra days to prepare for this game because they played on Thursday. So they played on Thursday. Now they're playing the following Saturday. They've had time to prepare for OSU. Sure, the Luke Fickle connection and all that. He's shrewd, people. The one thing that concerns me, Cincinnati 0-4 against the spread, their last four road games. Just don't really travel well in terms of covering the number. Uh, I take back everything I just said. (laughs) I think it's uh, an interesting—I'm not going to criticize or or say that it's a dumb play to play Cincinnati because I do think they're pretty good this year. And they did look good last week against UCLA. But it's one that I'm just going to stay away from. I got screwed last week against Ohio State. Still bitter. I'm not going to play this one. You're probably smarter than me. (laughs) Um, All right, I want to take both ends of the Purdue-Nevada game a week later because I think it's important. And like I said, I always love seeing teams that get their heart broken um, and teams who have these elation Ws. You want a game that I think it's – here, let me just lay it out. Oregon, minus 23 against Nevada. Oregon had their guts ripped out. Blew a 21-6 lead. Lose with nine seconds to go. Mario Cristobal is really horrendous as a coach. He blew about 17 timeouts. Still didn't have the right personnel on the field on a fourth down that really swung the game. I hate you, Mario Cristobal. Mm -hmm. You did the same shit last year to me when you played Stanford. Take a knee? Nah. Fuck it. Run the ball. Fumble. Lose game. I hate your guts. All right, now that I got that out, (laughs) Oregon currently minus 23. It opened at minus 24. This is what's interesting, and you do with it what you want. The world is on Oregon here. Oregon had their guts ripped out. Nevada had this elation, this unbelievable W. You are betting on one of two things. You are betting on the fact that Oregon has true leadership and actually has really a belief system that they can win the rest of their games and they can still make the playoff and still challenge and that Auburn's going to be good and all of that. And you think they will absolutely smoke Nevada, steal their lunch, and kick them into the river. Or you believe that Oregon is going to pout and Oregon is down and Oregon knows that a one-loss Pac-12 team is not going to the playoff and that, you know what, maybe Nevada's good. Now, I'll tell you how I feel about it, but not until I hear from Sully. Yeah, it's way too many points for me. I I think that uh, Nevada, they did look good last week, but... I can't. I'm not in a position yet to trust Oregon to cover that many points. You know, I love Justin Herbert. You know, I gave you the the over passing yard thing last week. Um, but I just, it's it's one of those games, man, where it's just too many points. I I don't think I think it's going to take a lot for Oregon to pull away and and to be able to lay some money down and trust that they're going to cover that many. 
Well, I have to tell you, I disagree with everything that just came out of your mouth. Here's why. <laughs> no, Mike, listen, I'm going to end up losing this one, too. The point is the Wolfpack, hope you enjoyed them covering the spread last week. It's the first time they've done it in their last eight games. They're 2-6 and six against the spread their last eight games following a straight-up win. Um, hey, look, they, they elation. It's beautiful. They were at home. It was kind of their Super Bowl. Mike, you can only empty the bag so many times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is one where, look, if Nevada can back-to-back this and go to, go to Eugene and take on Oregon, I mean, maybe Nevada's just awesome, but they got a young QB. They got a freshman kicker. Newsflash, they're about to face a pissed-off Oregon team, one of the best O-lines in the country. I think Oregon names their score. I think they take out a lot of anger on Nevada. I think Nevada ends up getting put in the fetal position into a box and put on a freight train. They're out. Hmm. I'm going to take Oregon to absolutely lay the wood uh, against Nevada. And I know they were my darling last week. I'm taking a guess that they've got the leadership here and they've got the belief system that they can go out and win the rest of their games and still have a shot at this. I'm going to lay the 23 and may God have mercy on my soul. No, and the reason I'm passing this one is because I think Oregon not good in September. Last two seasons, not good in September at all against the spread, one and four. And non-conference, one and five in their last six non-conference games. They don't cover just, this. They don't cover it. It means one. they're a bunch of quitters. Yeah. That's what it means. All right, last one, and then we'll get to the National Football League. Mikey, what do you make of Purdue laying six and a half at Vandy? Uh, Vanderbilt, obviously, they lost to Georgia, but I thought their defense was credible. Georgia went vanilla, but still, they had to stand up to what is maybe the best offensive line in the SEC. Two first-team All-Americans on Georgia's line. Vanderbilt's offense was a, a goddamn disgrace, but it's Vanderbilt. What do you want? They wear a chain and an anchor on their mm-hmm. helmet. It's ridiculous. But here's the deal. They're facing a Purdue team. The other side of this. Purdue had their heart broken. They now come home. They take on an upgraded opponent. Let's face it. It's an SEC roster. Barely. It's Vandy. Yeah. But how do you view Purdue here? The spread opened. You ready for this? Opened at nine and a half, and literally as I was just bloviating, the screen has just clicked up to Purdue minus seven. Oh, Michael! So we locked in at six and a half, though. No, <laughs> uh, I like Purdue. I like Purdue. I think Vanderbilt is not a good team. I, I, I think that you look, there's plenty of trends we can even point out where it just shows you they're not. We'll share. But, give a few. Yeah, it's it's. There's a really weird one I was looking at earlier. Vanderbilt 1-4 against the spread in their last five games following a double-digit loss at home. Jeez. Which means when they get killed at home, they don't respond. I, I think that... I, I just like Purdue in this one. I think there's going to be improvement from week one to week two with Purdue. And I like Purdue to win by a touchdown. I guess they got to win a little more by a touchdown now since it's uh, up to seven. But no, I'm going to take Purdue here. You taking Purdue at flat seven or are you going to wait for six and a half? Declare it. Uh, I'll take him at seven. Screw it. Oh, God, bad number. Why do I feel like both of us are going to get kneecapped I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. I, I really do. Well, big power's at it again. That's right. Leaving you in the dark. You know why? Because they don't care about you. That's why. How many of you are screwing around with flashlights and candles like a bunch of idiots during a power outage? Don't. It's a nightmare. Go solar. Power Home Solar. They make it easy to switch to solar, hooking you up with battery storage for your installation. No more searching for a flashlight when big power leaves you in the dark. Oh, your power will come back in approximately never. Power Home Solar, the number one residential solar provider in Michigan. One of the top solar installation companies in the nation. Power Home installs American-made panels, 30-year warranty, so you own your power. Don't just rent it from the power company. As a partner of the Detroit Lions, they've installed solar panels at Ford Field and Allen Park, and they continue building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy. You want to see if solar's right for your home? Good. Go to PowerHome.com. That's PowerHome.com, or give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from PowerHome Solar. Let's get to the National Football League. It is week one. It is time. Um, Sully, before we dive into, for our early audience, the Thursday night game, you had a little analytic that you're going to yes. try to use this year in betting. And I think it's. I think eventually you're going to end up doing the show 
without a shirt on, but explain <laughs> to the people what you're going to try to implement into your bets this year. Yeah, and this is a stat I, I came across the other day. It was uh, via Bovada, I believe. And it's, it's a really interesting one. So we always talk about, especially locally with, with Stafford and the, how bad this backup quarterback situation here is in Detroit, but we always talk about the quarterback position and how important the NFL quarterback is to their team and especially in terms of the point spread. So I found this chart, Mike, and it's basically every quarterback and it is their spread value to their team, meaning if they're not playing, how does that impact the spread? The quarterback alone. So obviously, if you're a good quarterback, you're going to have a negative spread value, meaning Aaron Rodgers, his spread value is minus 7.5. That's the, the, the biggest margin in the NFL. It means if he's not playing, the spread changes by a negative 7.5. Of course, you have Pat Mahomes at 7, Wilson at 7, Brady at minus 7. Um, you go right in the middle. Guys like Matt Stafford and Trubisky and Kirk Cousins, right around minus 3.5 is how the spread would, tra- would change if they're out. So I don't know. I think it's something to keep an eye on because it just goes to show you how much one position and how much the quarterback position can can change the spread if that player isn't playing alone. Um, and by the way, I hate to do this to you, there is only one guy in the NFL who has a plus differential, which means that... <sighs> which, Launch yourself out of a can. Which means it's that Eli, if, isn't it? if he's not playing, the spread actually will improve in favor of his team, and that's Eli Manning at plus one. Then you do have guys like Dalton, Keenum, Fitzpatrick at zero. Um, but it's something to to just keep an eye on because, hey, quarterback position's huge. i got to tell you something. I don't like you. <laughs> All right, let's get to the games this week. Now, look, I think it's interesting, Mike. So go ahead. Why don't you apply it to tonight's game? Uh, and if people are – obviously, if you're subscribed, you're hearing our voice in your lunchbox. You'll have this with plenty of time for tonight's game. Mm-hmm. If you're listening afterwards, well, maybe you should subscribe. My point to you is Packers are three-point dogs on the road at Chicago to open the season. Sully, why don't you give me some of the trends, some of the stuff you feel, and then I'll give you my spin on this puppy. Yeah, so some of the trends for this one. Packers, for whatever reason, and look, I know, guys, it's year over year. We can't use these verbatim. But Packers are 4-0 against the spread in their last four Thursday games. Green Bay always finds a way to play well on their their Thursday games. They just do. But the Bears finished the season extremely strong against the NFC North, 7-0 against the spread in their last seven against the NFC North. This is a tough one. Only at, what would we say, three? Three and a half? I see Chicago minus three right now. Currently, it is three. Yeah, this this is a tough one to play. I think um, I would. I I think there's something to be said about all the drama between Lafleur and Rodgers, and I think there's something to be said about just wanting to put this to bed week one. I think Aaron Rodgers comes out strong. I think the Packers score a bunch of points. I would I would take Green Bay in this one. Wait wait, player pass. You God, made it sound like you were agonizing, too tough to play it. The next thing I know, you're, you're going lead pipe lock. No, it's tough to play because the NFL, the point spreads are so small, and it's at Chicago. I let get me, that. But, I'm gonna, but I am going to play Green Bay. All right, let me, let me make this simpler. You ready for this? Take the points. I don't need them. Green Bay money line. Oh, nice. Green Bay is going to win this game. I really believe Green Bay is arguably the best team in the NFC. I think they're going on a revenge tour. Chicago last year lived a charmed life. Tons of turnover luck, turning those into touchdowns. I don't love Trubisky. I think you're getting Aaron Rodgers, a loaded offense. I think the new system, obviously Chicago will have no tape on what they're trying to do with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers will have control at the line of scrimmage. Rodgers won't be subversive. He won't try to get people fired. Rodgers is actually going to play nice this year. And I really believe you're getting the better team. You're getting three. I'm just calling it. Mm -hmm. I think Green Bay wins the game. Um, it, it, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play Green Bay. I, I mean, take the points. Yeah, I'll but, take the points. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Green Bay money line. I think they win the game. Cool. I think there's some value there. And look, I mean, if, if they lose by one or two, I lose. So be it. I think they're going to win. So keep your points. Give me Green Bay money line. I like it. Next game. And I'll go quick on some of these. Um, I, I'm going to be up front with you on this. This is... Uh, as I'd like to coin it, it's the big church bells play of the week that I'm not man enough to make, but every number says I should, but only a madman would because it's the Miami Dolphins yeah. play of the week. M- Miami opened up as a three-and-a-half-point dog against Baltimore. 
The spread is now out to six and a half. You'll probably get seven by game time. 83% of bets, 76% of the money. I mean, it's all on Baltimore. And look, everyone's excited about Lamar Jackson, excited about the new offense, excited about the new toys they drafted with Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin and Justice Hill. And here's the bottom line in this. Let me give you something. You know what happens when you open the season up in Miami? The Dolphins are 5-0 and against the spread their last five week one games. Uh, also, here is the other thing. The Ravens are part of this club. This is scary now. After a 4-0 preseason where they outscored their opponents by a zillion, when teams are as heavy a favorite as they are with percentages, what is this now, north of 83%, north of 75% of the money? Jeez. Those teams, and this is according to Bet Labs, those teams are only 94, 114, and 9 against the spread. Now, the other issue, and this is the big thing, you never, ever, ever account for this, but you should. When you open up early in the year in Miami, it is a humidity ridden heat fest. And you see teams go down there. This happened in Green Bay a couple of years ago. Um, they went down to Jacksonville. They couldn't handle the heat. I mean, it was brutal. I really wonder, is everybody just wrong here? I mean, look, there's reverse line movement in the game. I mean, 78% of the money. Mike, I don't have the balls to do it because Miami could be historically bad. I'm just telling you, if you're a guy who on your weekly picks or if you were thinking of making a bet, you went, oh, this is easy, bro. I mean, Miami's terrible. Okay. Um, look, <laughs> And that's I, what's going to happen to I'm, move the line even more. I'm just warning you. There are some numbers and some history here that says opening up at Miami's never as easy as it looks. I am passing, but I wanted to offer you that information because I'm just a magnanimous bastard. Well, I'm playing it. Jesus I, Christ. I'm, I'm going to, maybe I'm walking <laughs> into it. Jesus Christ. I'm going to play. You may uh, as well wear a t shirt that says F Mike and everything he just said. I'm going to play the Dolphins here oh. because, because I think that it's it's going to climb even higher. Oh my God. I really God. do. Look, I get it. There's a lot of hype about the Ravens. I love Lamar Jackson. I think Mark Ingram's going to be great for the Ravens this year. I love Miles Boykin. There's a lot to be happy about. But how many times, yeah, have we seen even the Patriots go down to Miami and just weird stuff happens? I, I think that. There's been a lot to you know be said about the quarterback thing in Miami. I think they're going to be okay week one, and uh, as we mentioned, f- you know five and zero against the spread. Their last five games in week one, Miami just covers week one. That's what they somehow do. Uh, next game, that's I'll tell you that is the church bells, big balls play of the week. You're taking what could be a historically bad team, Mike. I respect it. I'm too chicken. You got to take risk, you know. Uh, Tennessee, Cleveland won't spend much time on it. I'll just tell you the number opened up at a weird number five. It's at a weird number now. Five and a half. Uh, I think there's some value here with Tennessee. The general public is going to be all over the Browns. 70% of the bets, but only 37% of the money. Now you're cooking. You're in my wheelhouse here. I love Tennessee in this spot. And I would take this near kickoff. I think this one can get up to six. If it does, it's a play. Mm-hmm. I want that six, though. Um, but, but, Mike, look. Everybody's on the Browns. It's all hype. People forget that Tennessee has a really good defense. I think it's going to give Baker Mayfield some problems. You're giving away touchdowns in the National Football League. This is not college. I think there's value on Tennessee. I think there's a chance to be contrarian. And I love the money differential where 30% of the bets, but almost 65% of the money Mm. are on the Titans. I would play Tennessee five and a half or better, certainly at six. What an interesting game this is. I think that, uh, look, the Browns, in my opinion, they're a fantasy football offense. And I've said that. I think it's cliche to say. I know. But there's too many unknowns. Too many unknowns for me to bet this game out of the gate. i got to see Cleveland for a couple weeks before I'm comfortable betting them. And maybe that's a a weak thing to say. But I can't just... Look, they have talent, but I can't just trust that everything's going to gel and everything's going to click right away. So this is one I'm nervous about. I agree, the Titans do have a good defense, but I'm just going to stay away from playing it altogether. Probably way smarter than me. Next game, Atlanta-Minnesota opened up at four. 
It's at four now. One note, consistently, public's been on Atlanta. 61%, 62% of the cash spread hasn't moved. Gives you a chance to be contrarian, if you like, with the Vikes. I like Atlanta. Uh, I'm bullish on Atlanta. There are three teams in the NFC I really love this year as Super Bowl contenders. It's Atlanta, Green Bay, Philly. Um I think Atlanta's going to bounce back. I understand they're playing a couple of rookies on the O-line, but I don't think people realize how the loss of Devontae Freeman last year can affect an offense. Um, Defensively, Atlanta was gutted by injuries. They're healthy. They're back. Uh, I don't trust Minnesota. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I don't like Mike Zimmer as a coach. I think you're getting the better football team. You're getting four, which is a really nice number. And I'll just keep it simple and let Sully give you whatever trends he wants to give you. I like the Dirty Birds getting four. This one just doesn't make much sense to me. I I think that the reason the spread's where it's at with Minnesota, you said four, is because... You look at the Falcons, one and four against the spread. Their last five road games weren't good on the road. And the Vikings, for whatever reason, four and one against the spread in their last five games in week one. Um, this is this is a tough one to bet. I'm going to, for the second time in a row, stay away from this one. Maybe I'm still uh, nervous, so nervous about my Dolphins pick. I'm going to stay away from these next two. Well, I gotta tell but, you something. I'm going to buy you a, a, a King's crown <laughs> if you hit a Dolphins bet. But yeah, this one, uh, and I think maybe the other thing where I think this spread might factor into it in terms of how they got the number. Falcons 0-4 against the spread in the last four meetings against the Vikings. So it's one that I'm just going to simply stay away from and pass. All right. Hey, listen, you're probably better for it. I just, I really, I really like that number, and I'm, I'm bullish on Atlanta. So, yep. w- what good are my words if I don't back it up? Um, all right, next game. I'm not gonna, pay, I'm not playing this. I'm staying away from this. Kansas City minus four and a half. It opened up at three and a half, taking on Jacksonville. Um, again, I think there's an interesting couple things if you're a Jacksonville backer here. Only 29 percent of the bets, but over 50 percent of the money. Um, there's a, a, a listen. This thing right here, without overwhelming movement, you got a little reverse line play here. Jacksonville's at home. Uh, the defense should be energized. The offense should be energized with Nick Foles. I know that's Sully's guy. Love I'm going to back away. I am passing. I'm not touching this. I'm going to let Sully talk about it because I have a feeling he'll play. Well, I well, and I have a feeling this my pick might surprise you. I love Big Nick Foles. Okay. Love him, absolutely love him. Thank I think the Jaguars that. are uh, are live this year, especially with with uh, in their division with the Colts now. But I think that the Chiefs come out flying this year. I think that the Chiefs are going to absolutely come out and start the season off right. I don't see them sort of having some sluggish game against the Jaguars. I think that the Chiefs, it's not going to be a blowout. I don't think, but I do like the Chiefs to win this game by a touchdown in Jacksonville. So I'm actually going to play Kansas City, which hurts me because I love Nick Foles. Uh, it's going to take some time, take a few weeks to get everything completely gelled in Jacksonville, though. So I'm going to take Kansas City actually at three and a half. Kansas City minus three and a half against Jacksonville. Um, okay, go to the next game. This is my favorite play of the week. Again, I might be out of my mind. I think everything points to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, winning is a home dog. L.A. travels across the country for a 1 o'clock kick. That's a red flag, number one. Uh, I think Carolina is going to be loaded for bear. If Cam's shoulder is right and if that foot is right, I think they're going to give L.A. fits. Uh, it opened up at 3. It's currently at 2.5. Um, look, I might be walking into something here, but whatever. I mean, 70% of the bets... And 45% of the money is on L.A., yet the number is going down, and it's two and a half. 30% of the bets, almost 60% of the cash. I'm all about Carolina against the Rams here. I hate West Coast teams going to the East Coast in the 1 o'clock window. I am going to take the Panthers. Uh, I think you could play a money line. I have no issue with that. In fact, I'm going to hand out a money line parlay later if Ooh. you really like to mess around. But I love Carolina in this game. I'm going to join you on this one, Mike. I think that I like Carolina as well. I think it's a long trip for the Rams. And I know some people say, oh, well, travel doesn't matter. But it does. when you look at the trends in this one, I think that it's it's kind of proof that it does matter. Um, Rams 0-5 against the spread in their last five in Carolina. 
when they go to Carolina, they just simply don't cover. I like uh, the Panthers as well here. Um, my couple of games, I, I don't have big opinions on, and we can move past them. Jets laying three to Buffalo. I think if you were going to play it, you play Buffalo. I'm passing there. Philly laying a huge number. I'm not touching a double-digit spread in the National Football League game. One. Let's stop right there, then. you got to take on Philly laying 10 against the, the Deadskins. Is it 10 now? I saw it at 9.5 when I was it doing my research. currently <laughs> flashing green 10 on the board, well, Mike. Well, and it's tough because... So know, call I, it 9.5 or better, you'll play it. Yeah, I love fulls, but, uh, and I, and I, that's, I'm saying this because I didn't really like Wentz in the past, but I do like Philly in this game. Um... Redskins, they've lost double digits to the Eagles every game the past two seasons. Good stat. Every game the past two seasons. So that's why I see this nine and a half. Think it might climb to double digits. Well, guess what? The, the Eagles still beat them by double digits every single time in the past two years. Redskins O line awful. Defense suspect. And I think that Jay Gruden, look, he's the favorite to be the first head coach fired this season. I think Washington's just really bad. I like Philly win by double digits yet again. Let me give you the scariest game of the week. Sully, that's an official play at nine and a half or better, but passing at ten? Um, no, I'm going to even do ten. Wow. Screw the key figure. Sully because they, doesn't they care. Because they win by double digits against the Skins. This kid is fearless. Yeah, Alright, what I think is the maybe the second scariest game of the week to the Miami and Baltimore game. What do you do with the Lions and Cardinals opening as a pick'em? Currently, the Lions sitting at two and a half. You've got Arizona, who could be the worst team in football. An unknown offense. No one has seen anything. Kingsbury has said it. We didn't show anything. You got a Lions team who got better on paper, but yet nationally is getting panned. Uh, and there are some trends here that go both ways. The Lions are eleven and five against the number. Their last sixteen openers. Cardinals, one and four. Their last five openers against the spread. Oh, wait, let's go the other way. The Lions are only one and seven against the number of their last eight meetings in Arizona. Crazy. I don't know what to do here. On paper, there's not a football reason Arizona should beat this team, but the betters are, well, Vegas is telling you that there's not a separation between Detroit and Arizona. Uh, 76% of the bets, 70% of the cash. It's all there, it's all just flying on the Lions. Sully, I am passing. I don't have the fortitude to do this. Uh, do you have a take on this current number? Lions giving two and a yeah, half. Yeah, it's super weird, man. And, and I know the home. These teams seemingly meet every year. Home team twelve and two against the spread in the last fourteen meetings. But it, it, I don't. I don't understand. I, I don't know why there's so much hate for the Lions. I think that it's strange spread. I think that it's if it happens two years in a row where the Lions lose to a rookie quarterback like they did week one against Sam Darnold last year, that's just going to be, all hell's going to break loose. But I, I, I thought the Lions got better. It's, assuming Stafford is moderately healthy, which it seems like he is at least right now, I know there's some concerns, I'm going to take Detroit there. And maybe that it could, hey, it could be the ultimate sucker's bet because it is such a weird spread. But I'm going to take the Lions at two and a half, laying the two and a half. All right, next game, I won't have a lot to say about it. I'll just tell you, they always play some close games, and it's a season opener. And I don't believe the hype that all of a sudden said player is going to get a full workload. I think the spread right now has just flashed to a number that I, I enjoy. I'm going to take the G-Men getting seven as they open up at Dallas. Mm. No, I don't believe the Giants are going to win, but I don't buy that Zeke Elliott will be fully back. The Giants lost to the Cowboys in, in the opener last year by seven, and that was arguably the worst Giants offense in history. The Giants have made major upgrades at the offensive line position. Uh, the Giants, you would think, would have a little something to prove here. Dallas has had a very noisy offseason without their most important part being there in Zeke. And I just, I'm telling you, in the National Football League, you don't just give away touchdowns. I think Dallas wins, but I think the Giants for a week can be live against a hated divisional opponent. Uh, and now you are giving me seven. Give me the Giants getting seven. Ooh. Wow. Mike, see, I've, I've had some bold picks on this show so far, but I'm nervous about this one. That's fine. And, and I'm going to stay away from it. Totally However, fine. I, I want to I at least offer you uh, a reason to be optimistic about your pick. Giants, as bad as they were last year, you know what their record against the spread was in their eight road games? Tell me. Seven and one. There you go. The Giants were terrible last go. year, but when the Giants were on the road, it doesn't even make sense. you think at home it would be better. Well, because they don't want to get booed when, anymore. Well, that's true. When the Giants went on the road last year, think about that. In their eight road games, they covered the spread seven times, considering how awful they were. 
it's just what they did. So I can't hate that one. Any thought Niners Tampa Bay? Another one opened up as a pick, uh, and it has been well. Now Tampa Bay laying a point yeah. and a half. Here's the interesting part. You do what you want with it. This is serious reverse line movement. Again, was a pick. Now it's minus one and a half, but only 22% of the money is on Tampa Bay. That is frightening to me. Mm. I'm not touching it. You do what you want there. Talk to me. I'm not I'm not either, but I can see why. I know why the spread is at Tampa Bay minus one. I think there's pressure on Jameis this year. He knows he has to play there better. There should be pressure on Garoppolo. There, well, yeah, with him coming back as well. But this is kind of what I said about the Carolina game against the Rams as well. Niners, one and four against the spread in their last five meetings in Tampa Bay. I think there is something to be said about travel. I think that's clearly why the line Hot, is Tampa Bay humid, minus one. nasty. Yep. Yeah, that field always seems like it's ripped up in Tampa. That's why I'm staying away. I'm passing. Now, you got a couple of big games I'm going to watch as a fan. I don't have an opinion. Pittsburgh, New England opened up at five and a half. It's at five and a half now. Any opinion there? Um, that's that's a tough one as well. I, I think it's it's a kind of a situation where I just agree. I'm going to watch. I was trying to find some trends earlier, but but no, that's not what I'm going to bet. Houston, too many new pieces for me to bet on them, even though they're getting seven, which is attractive at New Orleans and Denver and Oakland. Just watching those. I, yep. I'll hand this out. Now, I don't know if you're into this, but anytime I'm in Vegas, I love doing a few of the money line parlays where you ditch the spread, yeah. you take some dogs you like. Guys, don't do this if you're going to get butt hurt. Um, you do it if you're interested in getting paid out 11 to 1, 15 to 1, etc. So a money line parlay for our people that are early listeners. Take the pack on the money line, Philly to win straight up. Uh, take the Panthers to win straight up. Take Seattle to win straight up. And then the other money line, you can add Atlanta into the mix there if you like. And you get paid out 11 to 1 on that. So I wanted to just mix Beautiful. those in. But all right, here are the official plays before we get to David's sexy stat time. College for me, LSU laying six and a half. Um, Tulane giving, uh, giving, Tulane getting 18. Fresno getting three, Ohio getting five and a half, Cincy getting 17, Oregon to take the wood and lay 23, and the NFL, Green Bay, Moneyline, Tennessee getting five and a half, Atlanta getting four, the G-Men getting seven, and Carolina getting three. I, it's all dogs almost exclusively for me, yeah, which means it'll that. be all favorites this weekend. <laughs> Sully, quickly. Yeah, I hear I got uh, LSU, I'm joining you, minus six and a half. Then Minnesota, minus three against Fresno. Michigan, yes, minus 22 and a half against Army. Purdue, minus seven. We're hoping that goes down to six and a half. But Purdue, minus seven against Vandy. Packers, plus, plus three against the Bears. Dolphins, plus seven. Ravens. Kansas City, minus three and a half against Jacksonville. Carolina plus two and a half against the Rams. And then we have the Eagles minus nine and a half against the Redskins. And then the Lions minus two and a half in Arizona. Now, put your robe on, lay back, relax, and luxuriate. It's time for David's Sexy Stat Time. That's right. It's time for Sexy Stat Time with the Hatchet Man. It is year 100 of the NFL. Yes, it begins tonight. But before I go there, let's move over to the college ranks. I have two games on my radar. Let's start in Alabama, New Mexico State at Alabama. Alabama is a minus 55 and a half point favorite. But... There are four times under Nick Saban where the Tide were 50-plus point favorites. And each time, they were 0-4 against the spread. This includes last year's game against the Citadel, where they were a 54.5-point favorite, only won by 33. Keep eye on that. Number 25, Syracuse at Maryland. Maryland, the unranked team, is the two-point favorite. 23 times since 2015 in the regular season where a team ranked 20th or lower entered a game versus a non-ranked team as a dog. Ranked teams are just four and nine straight up in that span. Syracuse, watch out for the Terrapins. Let's move over to the NFL. That's right, it starts tonight. But let's move over to the Rams and Panthers game. 
The Rams are a two and a half point favorite going all the way to the East Coast to Carolina. The losing team in the previous Super Bowl is three and 16 against the spread since 2000 in their season opener. Keep an eye out for that game. Let's move over to the NFC East where you have the Giants going to Dallas. Dallas is the seven point favorite. Saquon Barkley's career low last year, 28 yards. Who did that come against? Dallas. In Dallas. Dallas defense is back in full force from last season. Let's stay right there in the NFC East. When you look at the division odds, you have Philly at minus 105, Dallas plus 130, who won the division last year, Washington plus 900, the Giants at plus 1400. Here's an interesting stat for this division. There has not been a repeat champion since the early 2000s. And while I hate to say this, it looks like Philly will win the NFC East this year. To the game tonight, everyone's eyes will be watching year 100 of the NFL starting tonight with the NFL's or one of the NFL's most hated rivalries, the Packers at the Bears. The Bears are a minus three tonight. But lately, this rivalry, Rodgers has owned it. Rodgers has been a particular problem for the Bears, beating them in 16 of 21 starts in his career. Here's another interesting stat. In season openers, Rodgers is 8-3 overall. Bears fans, I'm sorry, but it might be a Packer day tonight. That's another Sexy Stat Time with The Hatchet Man. All right, thanks for listening. As always, remember, subscribe to this Cash the Ticket, Radio.com, iTunes, wherever. And, of course, don't forget our other podcast, Always Aggravated. It's all free, it's all good, and it's all there for you. So if you'd be so kind to drop us a review, I'm told that the review game really matters. It's a good thing we're 5.0 on both. So take that to the bank. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.